You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Go with me to Galatians chapter 5, uh, verse 6. I want to say something about the family that Pastor Sean was talking about. They have been consistent in how they live their life. You know, and a lot of times we hear about the promises of God, and sometimes people try the promises of God, and, and you can't try it, you have to do it. You have to do, you have to do the things that God asks of you to, to experience the promises, and you have to do them consistently and over time because God will prove you out. He says, faithful with the little. If you're faithful with the little, you'll be ruler over much. And then after a while, much will become little. Then he'll give you something else. And he's not just talking about finances, even though it applies to that. He's talking about just life in general, promotions, authority, responsibility, uh, and things like that. And so faithfulness doesn't come is not just cosmetic that you showed up. To God, it's not enough just to show up. Faithfulness is that you not only showed up, but you, you showed up with the right heart. You showed up with the right attitude. And so this family's been consistently faithful. And, and you know, a lot of times people hear these things because this stuff happens to this family all the time. I'm not kidding you. It happens to this family all the time. But it's not because their life has been perfect. Matter of fact, they experienced a tragedy that most people would have never got past. I got to know them during this tragedy when, when um, their daughter was murdered by her ex-husband and then killed himself. And their, their two grandchildren were in the house. Babies. And I got, to, I, got, I, I got to know them going to that apartment and helping them clean that up, that mess up. And so sometimes people think all these good things happen and that, well, it's just, you know, it's just, they're just floating on clouds and everything's just wonderful. And that's why they're blessed and that's why they're happy and nothing ever bad. Listen, they were faithful. Even during that, they would not walk in unforgiveness. They would not, they wept over it. They raised their grandkids. I mean, they, they, they went through the process of all the emotions that come from that, but they never ran from God. And our church family surrounded them and loved on them. And, and so I, when we hear stories like that, I think some people think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But guys, these people are, this is faithfulness. Faithfulness comes from here. That means you're faithful to God. You run to God in good times, and you thank him and praise him, and you run to him in bad times, and you thank him and praise him. You don't thank him for the bad times. You don't thank him for the bad things people do. You don't thank him for that, but you thank him for being there for you and being for you. Not just, he doesn't just show up, but he's for you. And I want to talk about this in Galatians chapter 5. It says this, uh, verse 6. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm in, the, I'm in the wrong chapter. I mean, uh, Colossians. Let me get to Galatians. Chapter 5, verse 6. I'll get there in just a moment. It's Labor Day. I'm moving a little slower. I'm not supposed to be laboring. Um, verse 6 says, when you're, joined, when you're joined to the anointed one, joined to Jesus... 
Circumcision and religious obligations can benefit you nothing. So what is happening here is Paul's writing to the church of Galatians because, man, people are always trying to, to get people that have a relationship with Jesus. They're always trying to get them to be religious. And I'll tell you why. Because people who don't really want a relationship with God, they'll, they'll do a lot of religious stuff a lot of religious stuff because they want to keep God at arm's length. And when you do stuff and you say, this is what makes me holy, listen, the only thing that makes us holy, the only things that makes us right with God is our relationship with Jesus Christ, that, that and that alone. What Jesus did for us and gave as a gift to us is the only thing that makes us right with God. But what happens is they don't want that relationship, so they start doing a bunch of religious stuff. In this case, they were saying you had to get circumcised because a lot of these people, they weren't Jewish, so they weren't circumcised when they were younger. They so they and these they said you got to start keeping the feast and you got to start eating this way. You got to start doing this stuff, and that's really what makes you right with God. None of that makes you right with God. And so they were putting these religious and and people who are religious always want to keep God at a distance because God works from the inside out. It's personal. It's a relationship. It's intimate, and they don't want him in here. They don't want him all up in this business right here or this business right here or what they're doing in secret. They don't want God there. They don't want it to be personal so they make it cosmetic and superficial instead of supernatural. And so they want to keep God at a distance and stiff arming. And how they do that is do a bunch of religious stuff. What have we found out over the years? Julie and I have been in ministry for, for many years now, in, uh, almost 30 years, and Man, I'm telling you right now that what I've seen is people that are super religious like that and want other people to be religious and tell people, if you don't do this, you're not, you're not right with God. If you don't do this, if you don't do that, uh, you know, as far as religious things, like if you don't pray on your knees or you don't read the King James Bible or you don't do this or you don't do that, those people always, in my experience, always have sexual sin. They're doing something in secret, so they, they develop these religious things to keep God away and make it about cosmetics instead of about heart. God sees the heart. He sees who you really are. And people that want a relationship with God, they understand that, and they invite that relationship in, and it's so intimate that God sends his spirit to live inside of us. I live with my wife, but she doesn't live in my heart like that. The Holy Spirit is the most intimate relationship, the most personal, because the Holy Spirit knows every thought, every emotion. Thank God my wife hasn't heard every thought I've had. <laughs> and all the ladies and all the men that are married said, oh, thank you, Jesus. All the teenagers said, oh, thank you. My parents don't know everything I thought when they were talking to me. Because all they'd hear inside their brains is, I already know that. I know. I know. Or, I'm not listening. I don't really care. Just blah, 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 blah. And my wife would hear, <sighs> Julie always says, she says, uh, she told someone the other day, um, she said, I did these projects in the, in the yard, and I did them all by myself. I'm like, she just, she just whispered. She said, I did. Well, okay, we'll put it to a vote. Okay, Julie, we're putting it to a vote. Online, you can vote too. 
Okay, listen, thank you for joining us. You can join the vote. You guys, you guys decide this. And ladies, don't you take our side on this just because you're... Men, you'll lose your man card if you take her side. I've got a whole punch. I whole punch man cards for dude taking the wrong side. And so uh, anyway, so there, she did it all by herself, except I had to go pick up all the cement, all the stuff, and haul it and deliver it and then put it out in the yard. But so far, she's done it all alone. So far, she picked it out. She picked all the materials out. She did. She planned it. She picked it out. But I had to still, I, I thought, oh, man, I'm going to just sit here and drink some iced tea and watch football when she's doing this project. Oh, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and so, so, so far, she picked everything out. She planned it. And then I had to go pick it all up. I mean, we're talking about pounds. And, I mean, I don't know how many sacks of 50-pound cement bags and chips and wood chips and all these big, massive rocks. And I'm hauling stuff. I'm hauling stuff. I'm filthy dirty. She's just standing there. Gosh, this project is going so good. I'm, I'm doing this all by myself. Can't believe it. Then I had to distribute it out throughout the yard. Then I had to pour all the cement. Then I had to dump all the rocks out. Okay, how many people think she did it by herself? Oh, quit, liars. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. I know you, you can't talk. You don't have a microphone. Listen, I'm just going to tell you, very few hands went up. And they weren't genuine. They were looking down because they were ashamed. They're just like, I'm ashamed. I'm taking her side on this. Just because we like her better than you. I... She smells better and looks better than you. I agree. I don't know where I got off on that. But anyway. <laughs> you know, we can, we can, you know, people always make it cosmetic. Listen, um, we, we want to invite God into our, into our very being. Because God works, if you have a relationship with God, he works inside out. He'll never have a superficial relationship with you. I said, let me say it again. He'll never have a cosmetic, superficial, fake, not real relationship with you. He won't, he won't have that kind of relationship. He's not going to have that kind of relationship. This is personal to him. He loves us personally. He loves us so personally that he gave his only son and said, I'm, I'm going to die for you. I, you can't get any more personal than that. And God loves us so much that I mean, if you lined up my five sons and, and said, we either kill them or in all of you live or we kill all of you and they live. I, 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 don't, I don't know if I could make a choice. And I had to pull the trigger. I had to pull the trigger. God had to pull the trigger. That's how much he loves us. That's how personal it is. It's that kind of a decision he made. And he made it. He made it. He said, my son will die for you. Wow. That's personal. And so he wants to have a personal, intimate, real relationship with you, not some fake one. Religion will always make it fake. Religion will always be cosmetic. 
But if you want a relationship with God, it's going to be personal. And he's going to get involved in what's, what's happening in the deepest parts of you. And that's going to start working its way out to, the, to your mind, to your emotions. Or it's going to change your personality. It's going to begin to impact you physically. And, and it's going to impact everything around you because it's from the inside out. And it's very personal. And then he says this. He said, all that matters. Can everybody say, all that matters? matters. Say it three times. Okay, we get it. All that matters. Right? Paul, this is what God's word says. All that matters is what he says next. He said, all that matters now, now, right now, is living in the faith that works and expresses itself through love. Let me explain that to you real quickly. The more you understand how much God loves you, the greater your faith is. The more you understand how much God loves you, the greater your faith is. The less you understand how much God's loved you, the less your faith is, the less faith you have. You don't have faith. Because you don't, faith is trust. So you don't, you trust somebody that you know loves you. I trust my wife. I know Julie loves me. She's proven that out. I trust my mom. She's proved I trust my kids. I trust many of you. I, 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 I would, uh, I, I would tr- if something happened to me, I would trust so many of you to raise my children or to love them and take care. I mean, I trust you guys with my life. I, I hope you feel the same way about you, me, many of you. And so, but I mean, I, why? Because I believe you love me. And the more I believe that you love me, the more I trust you. The more you believe that God loves you, the more, you, more faith you have the more trust you have and the greater your faith is. When people have a hard time accepting the love of a father, the love of God, I'm gonna gonna say something to all of you that have trouble with that concept. God's not a man. He's masculine, but he's not a man. He's 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 a spirit. He's a spirit being that expresses himself in a masculine sense. That's why he made men first and then women. His first He did that in order because he first is masculine, but he also has this other side that represents uh, women, a softer side, uh, uh, not a weaker side, a softer side. You understand that? It's not weaker. It's just, it's different. But he expresses himself first in masculinity. That's why he calls himself father, not mother, father. Okay? So, but... If you have a trouble accepting the love of a father, you're, in, in, in you're, you're not going to understand how much God loves you. And so you're going to have trouble having faith in him and trusting his promises for you. And so your faith is going to be limited. I don't, I don't want people in our church and within the sound of my voice watching online or whatever, I don't want you to be limited in your journey with God. I don't want you to be limited in what God wants to do in you and through you. I don't want, but you will be limited unless you understand how much he loves you. But when you get how much he loves you, you'll never run away from him again. When good things happen, you'll, he'll be the first one you run to. And you'll say, God, thank you. That's so cool. When I fly, I flew to Los Angeles uh, this week, uh, Wednesday. I was out of town. And by the way, man, Pastor Kirk and Jasmine were blown away by your hospitality. And how everybody that comes here, they've even told me this. This is for my brother in Legacy Church. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. They've said, you treat us better than Legacy does. And I'm going to tell you something. Legacy has an unbelievable spirit of hospitality. We learned a lot from them. 
But they learned a lot from being in Roswell. And so, but they, they, they brag on the hospitality of both legacy and church on the move. They brag on both the churches because they say no one treats us better. And they mean it. No one treats us better than you guys do. And so thank you guys for being so good to them. We're going to give them over $10,000. And they, um, no, no state or people that they've been all around the nation has given more than New Mexico to them. Her parents are blown away because they've never seen such generosity. And you know how you break the back of the spirit of poverty in New Mexico? By giving. You break its back by just being givers. And so thank you for that. But um, I was gone because I was in Los Angeles preaching at the Dream Center. And man, guys, we sowed $10,000 into the Dream Center too when I was there, all of us. So why? Why are we so generous? Is because God's good to us, we're good to others, and his generosity flows to us to flow through us because it's personal. It's got to be intimate. That's why tithing and giving, and that's not what my message is about this morning, that's why it's personal to me. It's an honor issue. It's a respect. It's a love issue. It's a respect issue to me. It's not a money issue. It's a heart issue because it's personal to me. It's personal. And so, you know, I was there and ministering, and man, they're doing such an awesome work and great things are happening. But I begin to talk about this subject with the people at their at their church service. And man, God, I just I just sense the Holy Spirit in it that and I just begin to explain to them about your faith will only be as equal as your ability to receive love. And I didn't know what love was when I was younger. I didn't understand it. I knew I understood lust. I never understood love. I didn't love myself, I didn't love anybody else. My family knew, I didn't even like my family. I kid you not, they knew it. I didn't make any secrets about it. I didn't love, I didn't like, I didn't, I mean, I just, it, my, I just was, I was so lost. I was walking in great darkness. And then when I met Jesus, he's, he's taught me and he's still teaching me how to love and how to receive love because I never trusted people that said they loved me. I never trusted because I would use those words and I know they didn't mean anything. I was just trying to manipulate the situation or get something out of people. And so I realized that how tricky they were. And so I, it, was a, it was a foreign concept to me. And God's had to teach me that he really does love me. And it's real and it's genuine. It teach me how to genuinely love others. And the more I've accepted his love, the more love flows in me, the more love flows out of me. But at the same time, as that love flows, my faith rises. And it's not, I love you, I love you not. God loves you, in the, he loves you on your worst day and loves you on your best day. He doesn't, he'll never leave you or forsake you. He loves you. Why does he love me? Just because, because he is love. He is the essence of love and he gives us all his best. He gives us his best. So he is love. He doesn't love, he is love. So he gives us who he is, which is he loves us. What does that mean, that the kind of love he loves us with? There's three types of love in the Greek language. There's eros, which is a, uh, like a desire between a man and a woman. It's more of a sexual type of thing. And then there's phileo, which is a friendship type of love. And then there's, then there's this love called agape, which is a sacrificial love, which means that I'm going to sacrifice for your benefit. I'm going to do something. I'm going to take the hit for you. And that always chooses us. 
over him. That's why Jesus said, Father, not my will, but your will be done. I choose to honor you, Father, with, and sacrifice myself, and I choose to save them and sacrifice myself. That's the highest level of love. What does that have to do with holy? God's love is holy. It's perfect. It's set apart. It's different. God's, the word holy means to be set apart, to be different. And so to be higher, to be better, to have a higher moral excellence, to have a higher standard of excellence. And so when God, when God he established, he, he understands uh, friendship, love, and eros, uh, uh, desire like that, but he set himself apart, and he operates in agape, sacrificial love. And guess what? He's asking us to be set apart and operate in that same kind of love. That's what sets Christians apart. That's what sets us apart is that we're willing to sacrifice for the benefit of others. That's what sets us apart. And we're not perfect at it the way he is. But he said, First Peter, uh, he said, be holy as I am holy. Otherwise, I'm gonna take you through a process because when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, he puts the holy, holy, holy spirit inside of you. It's, it's personal. And he teaches us how to be set apart, how to live holy, how to establish more excellence, how to establish excellence in general in our life. And if we ever want to break the back of oppression in this state, off of our community, off this valley, it's going to take being set apart. It's going to, be take, it's going to, it's going to take being set apart. You know, God said, let your light shine. We're going to have to shine. What does light do? Light exposes Darkness exposes what's in the dark. You walk into a room that's dark, you're like, crap, I can't see anything. You throw on the light, now you can see everything in the room. And that's why people, the world, hates the light because we expose what's in their darkness. The Bible says they'll hate the light and love the darkness. They don't want it. That's why religious people will keep God at a distance because they don't want his light to shine and expose what's the darkness in their life. Whereas a Christian says, God, if I have any darkness in me, if there's anything like that in me, come shine your light on it, man. Show it to me. Help me overcome it. Because it's usually no secret. It's, usually no, it's not a secret to you. It's not a secret to the devil. And it's not a secret to God. He sees it all. And so, man, I don't understand why people run away from that. It makes no sense to me just logically. Like, if he already knows, why run? <laughs> just, but what, what the difference is, is why they run is because they don't understand how much he loves them. I know how much God loves me, so I run to him, not away from him. When things are good, I run to him and thank him. And when things are bad, I run to him and thank him. When others do things to hurt me or to hurt my family, I run to him with those issues. When I do stupid stuff or sinful stuff, I don't run away from him. I run to him because I know he'll forgive me and make it right from the inside out. It won't be cosmetic. It won't be a cosmetic fix. It won't be a makeover on the outside that doesn't really change you. You know, I've seen people do makeovers in various shows, and then they go back six months later, and they're still dressing the same way they did that before. They go back. Why? Because you can change the outside, but you've you, you got to change the inside to want to be different. 
To really be different, you got to do it from inside out. That's why God does it from inside out. And, but he can't do that, and you'll, you'll limit your journey. You'll limit your faith. You'll limit what happens to you until you allow him to love you and accept it. He loves me because he loves me. He loved us when we were all his enemies. If he loved me when he was an enemy, the Bible says, how much more does he love me now that we're blood-bought children of the Most High God? How much more? It's like adopting my daughter. When we decided to adopt a little girl, I already loved that little girl. But how much more did I love her when I saw her and I held her? She was a stranger to me, and I loved her. How much more did I love her when she was my when she was with when we held her in our, our, our arms at OU Medical Center in Oklahoma City? How I mean, it was oh man, whole nother level. So if God loved you as an enemy, how much more does He love you as His as His daughter or son? Wow. But so many people have so many insecurities and fears. They have fears and insecurities, and they want to hang on to sin. They have to reject his love because when they accept his love, it gets personal. You know what it gets? It gets real. It gets genuine. It gets sincere. Now you got to deal with stuff. But it's not just the stuff that he delivers you from. He's not just shining light into darkness and delivering you from. It's also the light always also exposes where he's going to deliver you to. He shows you where you're also, where he's taking you. But if you won't let his love and his light shine in here to deliver you from, you'll never see because you won't let that light shine inside of you. It's not personal. You'll never see where he's taking you to. And you'll miss out on the best parts of best, the best life. Your best life isn't some self-help book and some, some you know, uh, proclamations you make in your mind every day. That, that's not, your, your best life is, is fulfilling the will of God. He, he has, he loves us so much, his plan for us is better than any plan we would ever have and definitely better plan than what Satan in this world has for our life. The problem is a lot of people, they, they love the, the Bible says they love the darkness. They, love, they literally have fallen in love, lust, whatever, with the darkness. If that's you, I just, man, I, I was, all I knew was the darkness. All I knew was the darkness. But when God's light shined, I'm like, I'm over here in darkness. There's light. I, I ran to the light. I ran to it. I wanted it. And you got to want it too. And it's going to get personal. You got to want it to be personal. And it's your choice. It's your choice. It's not your choice whether God loves you because he already loves you. Well, he'll love me more. Oh, he, he loves you so much already. He loves you so much already. Oh, man. He loves you so much already. Well, if he loves me so much, why did this happen and that happen? Your choice, other people's choices, Satan's influence, not his. Listen, I love my children. I don't break, I don't say, Garrett, you, you messed up. I'm gonna break both your legs today, teach you a lesson. I, 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 I don't treat my kids like that. 
I'll discipline them. God will discipline us because he loves us. I'll discipline my children. The Bible says you hate your children if you don't discipline them. Only people who truly love their children, not abuse, discipline. There's a difference between abuse and discipline. Abuse would be breaking their legs. That's what Satan does. Love would be, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spank your butt a little bit. I'm going to teach you a lesson here. And God said, I only discipline my kids. When we, go to, when we had little kids and we went to Walmart, we'd see other kids act up, and you might want to spank them, but you don't because you don't want to get arrested. <laughs> but there was no problem parking our cart and walking out and saying, come here, oh, I can't wait to get you in the parking lot. <laughs> no one's going to see this, but I'm, ooh, I just, you take them out, spank them, and you're hoping no one took your cart. Oh, and if your cart's gone, you just turn around and spank them again for making you have to shop again. Now i got to go back there and shop again. But you, I, I don't go, man, you're making this a miserable experience at Walmart. Where's the sledgehammers? That, that's abuse. God's not an abuser. So what happens when bad things happen to you? Why do I learn so much from it? Because God's not an abandoner. He won't abandon you on your worst day that you caused. He won't abandon you on the worst day that someone else caused. He won't abandon you on your worst day that Satan's attacking your life. He's right there with you in that foxhole. He's saying, I'm not leaving. I'm not going anywhere. I'm here to help you. I'll help you navigate through this. I'll help you overcome because Jesus is the overcomer. He helps us overcome. He'll, he'll navigate our, us through that. But listen, none of that, none of that happens and none of those things take place until you first understand that faith works and expresses itself only through love. Your faith only works as much as you receive the love of God. That's what that scripture means. It always is that. And so when you, when you accept God's love, He'll teach you how to love back. And your faith will begin to soar. I have so much faith in God that no matter what happens in my life, I just go to my Father. I just go to my Father. I run to my Father every time in every situation. Once I get past the emotions, if, you know, if something makes me mad or hurts me, I, once I get past the emotions, I just run to my Father. I'm like, okay, God, I'm past my flesh. Now I'm coming to you. What do you want to do? How do you want to handle this? What do I do here? I need your help. I need you to comfort me. I need you to give me courage. I need you to give me strength. I need, I need this. And he's just like, he's like, my name is Jesus, and I'm ready to bless you. You know, I'll help you. I'll help you any way you ask me. But again, you only receive that when you, when you accept how much he loves you. But if you hang on to your insecurities, if you hang on to all your fears, if you hang on to all the cosmetic, the superficial cosmetic junk, you're never going to experience true faith because you've got to let that love in. You have to accept it, that despite you, he loves you. He knows everything about you and loves you. That stuff blows my mind and causes me, my faith, to rise up. He loved me on my worst day. He loved me when I was his enemy. Man, I, that, I'm running to him, not away. I trust him with my whole life. Lives of my family and the lives of, of our church just because I know he loves us. And when you receive that, that's when you begin to really understand holy. 
Because his love doesn't give me permission to do wrong. His love inspires me to do right. Man, when someone believes in you like that and loves you like that and knows everything about you and sees everything you do and still loves you and believes in you and trusts you and still blesses you, gosh, that doesn't cause me to be some selfish kid or some to say, oh, I'm just going to go and sin because God loves me. No, it's that love inspires. Real love, genuine, not, this, not fake stuff, but genuine love inspires people. It gives you a courage and a strength that is beyond what other humans have when you have a genuine love. And his love should inspire us to want to be holy. As he is, should inspire us to want to be set apart and walk different than this world. And let our light shine, the light that shines inside of us, let it shine in us and through us so that people that are walking in darkness can see there's a choice. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live these generational curses. You don't have to live miserable. You don't have to live depressed. You don't have to be keep thinking about killing yourself. You don't have to keep uh, pursuing all this evil, trying to fill this empty hole in you to the point where you just say, I'm done, I'm finished, nothing fills it. Yeah, there is something that fills it. It's the love of God. It fills the hole. It fills the hole. Go with me to the book of Colossians now. I just want to read a couple things to you. What love should inspire us to do and what faith, the love that, the faith that comes from love, what it should cause us to believe and cause us to overcome and cause us to pursue when it pertains to this, holy. Colossians, what verse do they have up there? Verse five. Okay, go ahead and put it back up there. Thank you. Great job back there today. Live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live, live as one that's died. That's called being set apart. That's called holy. I live as, I've, as one who has died to, this, to sexual impurity and sexual sin. I've said it a hundred times. I'll say it again, and I, I, I don't mean to, uh, to um, uh, hurt anybody's feelings, but if it hurts you, you just got a religious spirit, to be honest with you. Sex was created by God, not Satan. And it was created by God, not Satan, to be done in a heterosexual marriage. Right there. That's where it's created. Right now, I read, I, I believe it's in the state of California, that they're beginning to teach children in elementary school that they need to identify as another gender and as another thing other than heterosexual because it began with toxic masculinity, which some, some guys use their, their masculinity to damage, to poison, but redeemed men use it to secure and bless and protect. Amen? But, but they're now teaching that heterosexuality is poisonous because it makes everybody else feel bad. You know what they're saying? We don't want the light shining here. We, we just want, we love the darkness and we want to be surrounded by it. So they're saying, 
You can't identify as heterosexual anymore. You have to identify as one of these other genders or things. Why is that? Because Satan will offer, I don't know how many genders and identities there are now, but there's a bunch of them now. He'll offer you any other identity except being a blood-bought daughter or son of the Most High God. That's the only identity he doesn't want you to have. And that's why that identity and only that identity can be blasted, cursed, challenged, canceled. You can do anything to a Christian, but you can't say, it's hateful if you say any of this. And he's going to come up, Satan's not done, he don't care how many identities, he could care less what you, you could identify as a rock. He don't care as long as you don't identify as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. That's the only thing he hates. He only hates one thing. What did he do to Jesus? He said, if you are the son of God, he always challenged Jesus' identity. Who, what else did the religious people do? Driven by hypocrisy and sin in their own life, they challenged Jesus. You're not the son of God. Who do you think you are? Always challenge, and that's what they say. You're not this. Who do you think you are? Who do you, how dare you? That's hateful. That's this. That's that. Why? Because they don't want any light shining on that darkness. Satan doesn't want any light shining. He doesn't want to give any of the people on the other side of that any hope that, that they can have a different identity than that. He, he says, take any identity. You notice the two things he talks about here. Listen, live as one who has died to every form of sexual sin and impurity. Live as one who has died to the desires for forbidden things. Talking about sexual things. And then he talks about one. He says things plural because there's multiple things. But then he says, he also means this, including the desire for wealth, which is the essence of idol worship. He's saying, listen, um, when you take on an identity other than being a, the identifying with Jesus, that you're actually worshiping that identity. And so what's happened is, is now people say, I identify as my pronouns are, Satan loves it. He's eating that up because now they're claiming and taking on this identity that's leading them where he's going, which is straight to destruction in this life and absolute eternal death in the next. He hates people. He hates them. And so he's not, he's not doing that because he loves them. He's doing it because he hates them. And God loves us, and he's saying, no, you need to identify differently. You need to identify, be holy as I am holy, be set apart. And so you set apart yourself from this stuff. And I'll explain next week how you do that, how you battle that, because we all deal with stuff, right? We all deal with temptation. We all deal with stuff. But we need to start setting ourselves apart. But he loves it. He, he's put it. Now he's got it. He's got them confessing. My identity is this. My pronouns are this. I wish some of you in business, I would already be doing this if I was still in business. I would say my pronouns are, I want you to call me today the blood-bought child of the Most High God. And I would have them saying that, listen, I wouldn't do that to be a smart aleck. I wouldn't do that. I would do that because I want, I want them confessing that over me, and I want them to see there's another identity other than the darkness they're living in. Then the next day I'd say, oh, today I, I identify still as a Christian, but my pronouns today is I'm loved of God. So they can call me all day. Hey, loved of God. Follow next day be follower of Jesus. 
Seriously, we, we've got to shine some light on that darkness and say, listen, you don't have to, you don't have to buy into all these lies, all this stuff. You're, you're worshiping an idol. You know what the idol is? They're worshiping sexuality and gender right now. It's their whole identity. How dare you question their idol, their God, or they're worshiping money, and that's their whole identity is how much money. I got money, that's my identity. How much money I have identifies me. God calls both of those things idol worship. No one that worships idols will attain the kingdom of heaven. I, I don't say that. I don't say that angrily. I say that with a tender heart because I, I, want, I want what my father wants. Our father wants everyone to go to heaven. He wants everyone to live their best life. He doesn't want anybody possessed and oppressed by demonic demons. He wants people free. He's a God of freedom. But we live in a day where they call right, wrong, and wrong, good, evil, and evil, good. So now, good, which is to be in a heterosexual married relationship, is evil, and that's evil, and good is being anything but that. Exactly what Isaiah said was going to happen prophesied is exactly the day we live in. Exactly. But God's calling us, his people, to say, God, you know what? You said to be holy as you are holy. God, teach me how to be. I don't know. It doesn't come naturally to us. Teach, us. teach me how to be holy as you. Teach me how to be set apart. Teach me how to let my light shine in this darkness that others can see there's a, there's a, there's a hope. There's a way out. There's, a, there's something else. There's you, God. There's your love and your salvation and what you, your rescue plan. It's you. Because if you continue in these sins, he said, you are all once those things. All of us, or many of us, have committed so many sins. But he said, you once, that's how you once identified. Now you identify differently. I've, God's given us a different identity. So we're not throwing rocks at anybody. We're just saying, listen, we keep brought us out of it. You come out of it. Come out of the darkness. Come out of the darkness. It'll destroy you. You'll stay angry. You'll stay. I was angry. How many of you were angry? How many of you were depressed and down? How many of you will admit that you thought about taking your own life? How many of you were miserable, just unhappy? Man, those of you who didn't raise your hand, I, 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 I don't know if you're lying or you've just been saved your whole life. Maybe you've just been saved your whole life. But anybody lived in the world understands all of those emotions. We once were those things. Now we're not. I said, now we're not. God's love changed everything. He wants to change everything. He wants to give you your best life here, and he wants us all to spend the rest of eternity in heaven with him. He says it right here. He says, when you live in these vices, you ignite the anger of God against these acts. You notice what he's angry about? Acts of disobedience. That's how you once behaved, characterized by your evil deeds. That's what, that's what my character was. But now it's time to eliminate them from your lives once and for all. Now it's time to be separated out from that. And not only do we do away with anger, but we take on kindness. 
Not only do we do away with rudeness, but we take on being polite. Not only do we take on, uh, eliminate impatience, but we take on patience. Not only do we eliminate, you know, we do, it's not something he just delivers us from. It's something else that he delivers us to, to our best life. Gosh, man, God loves us so much. Loves us so much. But, I mean, if you want to continue to resist him, you, God, God will give you a choice. He'll let you live the way you, you choose to live. This is what I know, is that when the people started saying, God, why haven't you come back for us? It, are, 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 what's going on? And they treated him like he was being lazy. And he said, are you kidding me? I'm not lazy, guys. I, it blows me away that God gives us explanations. But when I look at it from a father's standpoint, sometimes I have to explain to my kids my own motives. I, when I discipline them, I say, listen, guys, I know I was angry, but I'm really disciplining you because I love you. And so sometimes I, so God, man, he's, he's, he's so big. He's not insecure. He's like, okay, if you think I'm that way, let me just explain this to you. I'm not lazy. I'm not slack. I'm patient. I'm, I'm just being patient. I don't want anybody to go to hell. I didn't create it for people. I'm patient. I want everybody to be saved. That's why he's patient. That's why he's waited. And that's why he's been patient with you. He's been patient with some people in this room. He's been patient with some of the people online. He's been, you think he's maybe ignoring you or maybe you're getting away with it. He's just being patient. He's being patient with you. But each time you hear a message like this, each time you say no, you're hardening your own heart. Each time you say, no, no, you're putting another layer. Another layer of what? Another layer and another wall between you and God. He's not doing it. Your choices are doing it by saying, no, no, no. You're going layer after layer after layer. To your heart will get so hard that the Bible says you'll, you, you won't even be capable of receiving salvation. It'll, it, you'll, you'll harden your own heart so bad that if Jesus appeared to you personally, you won't yield because you've said no so many times. I'm going to ask you today, don't say no. Don't harden your heart to the love of God and his, his plan. So what do you got to do? You have to say, I'm not God. And if you haven't come to that realization yet, just give life some time. And you're going to figure out you're not in control of everything. You're going to figure it out. You live life long enough. You're going to figure out you're not in control of everything. And you're going to face some stuff that you can't fix. You're going to need God. What's sad is, is people get to that place and then they try to manipulate him and use him. Then when he doesn't allow himself to be used, then they're even madder at him. And their heart's not right towards. They just want, get me out of this, and then I'm going to go back and do what I'm going to do. God's not playing that. He sees through it. He sees through it. So if that's you, and you've been saying no, 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 but you're watching online, or you're here because you're really looking, you're really looking, or maybe you once knew, or maybe you once heard, this is the day to choose. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes and remove distractions. And I want you to kind of get inside yourself and ask yourself this question. If Jesus was to come back today or tomorrow 
or next month would I go to heaven? Or if something was to happen to me and I passed away, where would I go? What would happen to me? Or this question too, am I, what's my identity? What's my purpose? Is it money? Is it my sexuality? Is it, is it this, that thing or another? Is it my anger? Is, is, is that what I worship? Is my anger? Is that what I'm living off of or my depression or my pain? That's my identity. I'm a victim or I'm a bully or I'm living off my own insecurities and that's my identity is that I'm never enough and I'm never this and I'm never that and I'm self-sabotaging my life. Stop it. Stop it. And recognize that there is only one God and he loves you. He sent Jesus to die for you, to save your life, to save it from you. But he's not a two-bit dictator. He's not a control freak. And I used to think he was a control freak and that he hated me and some old angry guy in heaven. And He's none of that. He's angry at sin and the pain. The reason he gets angry at sin is the pain it causes people, causes you, causes me causes us he hates it because he knows it hurts and it destroys lives what do you want You can choose today to keep living the way you're living. Or you can pray today and say, God, I'm, I'm going to repent. I'm going to change. Repentance means to change. I'm going to change, God, because I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going to trust you with my life. Not my will, but your will be done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what you, I'm gonna, you died for me. I want to live for you. And I know to do that, I have to die to my selfishness. I have to let you in and shine your light inside of me and deal with my insecurities, my fears, my lust, my junk. And I'm willing to because I don't want it anymore. I want what you have. I want what you have for me. I want to go to heaven when I die. I want to live my best life here and be a blessing to people around me. I want to overcome these obstacles and these pains and hurts and issues of my life. I know only through you can I. If that's you, if that's you online, I'm going to ask you right now, send us a message. I'm, I'm praying for the first time today. Or maybe you've known him and, 
you just you didn't understand how much he loved you and you ran away. Or maybe you just decided, man, hey, I, I, I want to run away from him because I want to fulfill this thing in my, some lust. Or I want to do this th- other thing. And man, I, I regret it so much because it's miserable. And I'm going to come home. So whether it's your first time or you just want to run home the next time. Not, God's not a God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. If you're online, say it. I'm praying for the first time or I'm praying for the next time in this room on the count of three if you want to pray and get right it's real important we don't do this because it's a routine we do this because it's scriptural God said Jesus said if you're embarrassed because of me publicly then I will not confess you but if you're if you're if you're not ashamed of me publicly I'll confess you before my father in the angels so don't be embarrassed today don't be ashamed of him Send your thing in online. And in this room, on the count of three, raise your hand up high and say, it's me. I need to get right with God today. Put it up high and then put it down. And right where you're seated, we're going to pray online in here. So here we go. One, two, three. Put your hand up and say, I'm going to get right with God today. Wow. All over this room. Thank you. All right. Let's pray. And everybody, let's all pray together. Let's all pray together. Let's say this together. Say, God, I believe that you love me more than anyone. And I believe because you loved us, you loved me. You sent Jesus. And his holy blood paid the price for my unholy blood, for my sins. I believe that. And I believe you did all of that because you love us. You love me. You raised him back to life, Father, after three days. And Jesus, I believe you're alive. Because I believe that, I ask you, Father, by the blood of Jesus, to forgive me of all my sins and I receive your full pardon full forgiveness and I say to you Jesus you are the Lord Jesus Christ of my life I give you my life and this is my heart this is my prayer let your will be done in my life not mine not my will. Thank you that you received me, that you love me. I'm on my way to heaven and to my best life following you in this life. In Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. Come on, let's thank God. He's good. He's so good. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.